It's a mailbag Friday on the podcast. Got a lot of questions to get to, a lot of Twitter questions to answer. A lot of them revolving around what the Atlanta Rays will do the rest of this offseason. Is there a big move left to be made? What are some possible trade scenarios for Brian Reynolds? A lot of stuff to get to on our last podcast before Christmas. So again, we got a lot of questions to get to. So let's get into it. You are locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Amastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Brave. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Also, make sure if you're new, you subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, do me a huge favor. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell to help support the show. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. I love hearing from all of you out there when you tell me that, you know, you get in your car in the morning going to work or uh, working out in the morning, whatever you do, and you turn on Lockdown Braves. I love hearing those comments. I appreciate all the support on the show. This is a Mail a Bag Friday edition of the podcast. Got several questions to get to. You have been great submitting those questions on Twitter these last couple of weeks. So we got a lot to cover. I don't think I'll have time for chat questions, but uh, maybe we will here at the end. But like I said, we got a, a lot of questions coming from Twitter and I really do appreciate it. I try to make this show as interactive with you as possible and talk about the things that you're interested in. So with that, let's jump in to these questions. First one coming from Chris Shaffey says, do you think the Braves are done with their offseason moves? I think left field is done in bullpen and starting pitching. But I have a feeling AA has something up his sleeve for shortstop. So my opinion, and there's some other questions in here kind of on this same level, I think the Braves are done. I don't see them doing anything major at this point. I think the Luplo signing signified a couple of things. One, that that's going to be their solution in left field is to just piece it together. And two, because they signed him at $1.4 million, I just have the feeling that they're going to try to stay under the luxury tax if they can help. But I hope I'm wrong. I really do. And I hope there's a big move left out there. But I kind of get the feelings the Braves are done. They do have two more open roster spots. So obviously there's an opportunity there. And I do think, you know, if something were to materialize, and I think Alex Anthopoulos has, you know, his ears to the ground listening for anything, that Sean Murphy trade, he thought it was over and done with. And then it kind of came back around. So, I'm not putting anything past him that perhaps he has something in the works we don't know about or something that he's waiting on or perhaps something, again, just materializes later on. Um, but my opinion for now is that the Braves are done completely making any big moves this offseason. Peter says, as a non-luxury tax team, do Braves get a better qualifying draft compensation and international bonus money if Cubs go over the CBT this year, or is it based on last year? It's based on last year. Um, think that could, this could mean as much as the second and five and fifth plus one million in additional international money. And would Braves want to stay under CBT one more year for this? Um, and I think that's a, a good point as well. Um, I don't know, other than 
Charlie Morton, and I don't know that he'd be available for a qualifying offer. I don't know who the Braves would have next year that they would offer a qualifying offer to to get a pick. So I don't think that's motivation for them to stay under the luxury tax, but it does go based on last year. So, And I was wrong on this initially, or rather CBS Sports was wrong where I got my information from. The Braves will get a pick after the comp B round. So it'll be in the 60s instead of what I thought was going to be the 30s. So it actually comes after the second round. That'll be their pick for Swanson, which is still really good value. Um, but that's what they get back for Swanson signing it with the Cubs. All right, here's one of the first of a couple of trade proposals we have for Brian Reynolds tonight. It says uh, This is Jason. says, trade proposal, Ian Anderson, Bryce Elder, Jared Schuster, and Vaughn Grissom for uh, Brian Reynolds. Um, I think it's an okay package. I don't think you can trade Vaughn Grissom unless you know what, the, what you have at shortstop, what the plan is at shortstop long term. I don't think you can trade Vaughn Grissom, and I don't know that you can trade for Brian Reynolds without including Vaughn Grissom. So I think that's a bit problematic that maybe the Braves' best trade chip right now is Vaughn Grissom, but he may be your future shortstop. So I can't I can't include Vaughn Grissom in any trades right now until I know the plan going forward at shortstop. Gus says, how do you think the Braves should restock the farm? I like the arms we've drafted last year, and you already talked about Baldwin, I think the Braves are going to continue to draft arms. One thing you, you're noticing here, Braves farm system ranks low, very low. It has for a couple of years now, but you still see them making all these trades. Reason for that is because they stack, they stocked up so much on premium pitching talent, and that's what everybody is always looking for. That they're still able to do these trades. They're still able to trade off a, a Freddie Tarnock and a and a Kyle Muller because there's a possibility that those guys could become, you know, big, big league rotation starters. So I think the plan is still to just continue to draft, you know, high ceiling type arms. And even if they don't pan out, they get to the double A AA or triple A level, they still become very valuable trade pieces. And I think the Braves have used that wisely, but, you know, getting the extra draft pick for Dansby Swanson, getting back in the international market, it already sounds like they're, they're on two of the better international prospects in the next two classes. So that's how they're going to restock this farm system. And you have time to do so, as we've discussed, because your core is locked up for pretty much the rest of this decade. So you have two or three years here when you can restock the farm system because you're not going to need them at the major league level. So that's how they do it. Draft, international signings, got to be wise with your picks. And the Braves do a great job of that. Justin Reeves says the difference in getting depth at the deadline and getting depth now is cost at the deadline. It's prospects and trade capital. Now it's just money is rolling with the current roster and not giving out the Will Myers contract or someone like a Duvall a mistake. I think it's a great point. I think Jordan Luplo is that depth. Now I would have liked Will Myers and I'm not going to lie. When I saw the news come out that the red signed Will Myers for about seven and a half million in 2023 i know there's another option for that for a second year but i would have liked that move now that move would have taken the braves over the luxury tax again that's why i think they went with the luplo instead of a a will myers and will myers is going to get a chance to play every day in cincinnati he probably wouldn't have gotten that opportunity in atlanta so that may be just a decision for him if you want an opportunity to play every day so you have to keep that in mind as well and i think perhaps we do see some more depth moves but i think that's what Luplo is. That's what Adrian's is. Those are depths. It may not be the depth 
you're looking for, but those that's what those moves are. Drew Ford says, most likely to, who's most likely to be the fifth starter? Anderson, Soroka, Elder, possibility for a six-man rotation. Um, I, you saw some of my tweets last night. I was watching the A's-Braves game uh, from this past season, and Ian Anderson was starting. And uh, look, he has the stuff to be really good. I mean, he throws a mid-90s fastball, a changeup that is one of the best in baseball. I mean, it's it's high 80s with just incredible movement on it. He's just got to tweak a couple of things. He's got to learn how to sequence those pitches better, and he's got to throw in that third pitch, either continue to throw that curveball more, work on it, be more confident with it, or come up with a, a slider, something else that moves away from right-handed pitchers. One at bat I saw with Ian Anderson, and I don't mean to make this an Ian Anderson segment, but you know he pounded Sean Murphy in, a beautiful fastball in. He tunneled it nicely with a changeup in. Two of the best pitches I saw him throw in the outing, but then he didn't have anything to go to to get him out with. He went with a fastball up and away and it, you know missed his location, and Sean Murphy was able to push it in the center field for an RBI hit. Had he gone with that curveball low and away, I think he either gets a swing and miss or he gets a weak ground ball. So he's just he's got to find something else, especially for that second and third time through the order because hitters, you know, they realize that second time through, if it's up, it's a fastball. If it's down, it's a changeup. And they just sit on that. And so that's become a big problem for Ian Anderson. But I say all that, that he's not far away from being a really good pitcher. He just has to make a couple of adjustments. I said this at the beginning of the offseason. Bryce Elder, to me, is the safe pick. Anderson and Soroka both have options, and it might be best for them to go down and continue to work on things. But if they come out in spring training and they look great, then obviously it's going to be one of them that wins that fifth starter spot. I would love to say yes to a six-man rotation. To do that, you got to have six guys who are giving you five innings each time out and a chance to win. The Braves cannot you know, afford to throw away games just because they want to go to a six-man rotation. But if Ian Anderson looks good, if Mike Soroka looks good, you add them in with you know Wright, uh, Wright Strider, Freed, Morton, I would love a six-man rotation to kind of limit some of the innings on these arms. I think it would be great if they could do it, but you can't just throw it out there, you know, and, and end up waste if you're not getting anything out of that sixth spot in the rotation. Otherwise, you're just wasting games you could be winning that Max Freed could be pitching. Um, but I'd say the safe bet right now is Bryce Elder. But we get into spring training and Ian Anderson and Mike Soroka, either one of them looks like what we've seen from them in the past. They get that job pretty easily. All right, take our first a break here. Got a lot more questions to get to. I want to tell you about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting news and analysis this offseason, whether it's NBA, NHL, NFL going on right now. Postseason will be coming around here pretty soon. BetOnline is the best spot to get all that information and to make your bets and do so securely, to do so safely, and to do so with all the information that you need as they have news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on just about any game that you can find out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. 
I got a lot more questions that I want to get to on today's episode. Again, thank you so much for all the questions that were sent in on Twitter. You've been doing a great job of that here lately. Thank you so much for all those who are watching live and got the the chat section going. Um, hopefully, I get to some of your questions here at the end. But picking back some of some of the Twitter questions, Gabriel Bonilla says, is the luxury tax threshold the same for every team? It is. It's $233 million this year, and it goes up every year, but it is the same for every team. Um, 2023 NL MVP Matt Olson says, who do you think rides our bench? Arcia, Hilliard, Luplo, Adrianza, Trump, and Hoy Park, and Braden Shoemaker internal options, or maybe we see a See them sign Culberson, Iglesias, or Longoria to be DH bench options. See them started today. I think your your bench players are Travis Darno, Marcelo Zuna, Jordan Luplo, Sam Hilliard, and Orlando Arcia. Now that's assuming that Von Grissom is start, starting at shortstop and Eddie Rosario is starting in left field and whatever um, you know platoon is there, depending on who they're facing. Obviously. If Arcia gets the job at shortstop, then I think Von Grissom's in AAA, and I think Adrianza becomes that other bench option. It'd be between either you know he or, or Park uh, to get that final bench spot. I'd love to upgrade one of those spots, and there's another question about Iglesias in here that I'll touch on in a minute, but I would love to upgrade one of those. I don't, I don't know that Culberson is at this point, although I love him, um, but there's just some other questions here about some possible bench spots that we'll get into joshua daniels says bauer was just reinstated in the la dodgers plan to release him would the braves try for chaos and sign him on a one-year deal uh i would say no to that um they already have some one player with off-field issues that you're trying to get rid of i don't think they would bring that on as well so i would say no to that but that is newsworthy so i'm glad that you you mentioned it uh, they did finally give a ruling on Trevor Bauer and reduced his suspension significantly. Um, also from 2023 NL MVP Matt Olson, if the Braves decide to acquire another outfielder, would you rather see us deal for Max Kepler or sign Michael Conforto? As awesome as Brian Reynolds sounds, I don't think we have the prospects to trade for him. So if those are my options, Max Kepler, Michael Conforto, I'm going Michael Conforto all day. Now, I think Conforto's Get it going to get to a price the Braves aren't comfortable going in the years, maybe. I think he's going to get a second year, maybe two years with an, an option. Um, and I don't think the Braves will be willing to do that. But Conforto, of all the free agents out there, Conforto is my number one guy right now. And it's crazy to say because he didn't play all last year. But when healthy, Conforto is the exact type of guy that this Braves lineup needs. Somebody with 30 home run potential who also gets on base. Um, to me, that's a, a perfect fit. I don't, I don't get the Max Kepler fit, and I know a lot of people have asked about him. I don't know, I don't get it, other than it's you know possibly a, a cheap trade option. To me, he's a he's Eddie Rosario, but can actually play a little bit of defense. So I, I just don't see the fit with Max Kepler. But Michael Conforto, I would be on board with. Um, Busterman six on Twitter says the Braves sit right now, right below the CBT threshold. As of now, do you expect them to go over that number or go with what they have? Again, my kind of feeling on it since the Luplo signing is that they're going to try to stay under that threshold if they can, unless something just comes along that they can't pass up on that really improves the team. So 
my 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 opinion right now my guess is that they're going to try under that stay under that threshold if they can again if something comes along i don't think they'll hesitate to go over it but i just don't know what's out there right now that would be worth going over that tax and it's not a big tax i get it everybody telling me that on twitter but i think the braves are going to go into the tax in the coming years and the more consecutive years you're on that tax the higher it gets justin reeves says I get we aren't spending money. Does Hosper or Moustakis, who was DFA, not make us deeper and protect us in the event of injury? We have no real backup first base or third base option. Let them DH from time to time, league minimum, or trade for a player to be, be named later. Jordan Luplo, one of the reasons I was more okay with that signing, he has experience at first base, so I think he would be your, your backup at first base. Look, I wouldn't hate having the depth and experience of someone like Eric Hosmer or Mike Moustakis just to have, you know, Hosmer especially, and both these guys, you know, played with the Royals on those those winning te- World Series teams. But I would love to have those guys as just that, that veteran presence that I think they could use with some of the leadership that they've lost. But I just don't see it being a fit unless you got them on a, you know, a million, $1 million deal with maybe some incentives into it. I just, I don't see it happening. Um, fire Ryan Day. I don't know why somebody's mad at Ryan Day, but I understand that AA's MO isn't spending money for money's sake, but at a certain point, don't you have to do something given that the roster has simply gotten worse this offseason and the Mets have seriously upgraded? Um, I, I would argue the point that the Braves have gotten significantly worse this offseason or worse at all. I I think you could make an argument against that. I don't know that necessarily gotten any better. Obviously, you know, the the move from Swanson to whatever, you know, Grissom, whoever it's going to be, it's that's going to be a big loss. But uh, I think I don't think they're any worse than they were last year. And I thought the Mets up until the Correa move were getting back to where they were last year. And Steve Cohen himself said this, that the Correa move is the one that really put them over the top. And I agree with that, you know, like I said, all the moves leading up to that were just replacing what they lost. The Correa move was really the the cherry on top. That being said, and we talked about this the other day when I had Grant McCauley on, I think you can line those rosters up and you can make a case for the Braves. So, um, look, he spent, Alex has spent his money. I, I get it. Uh, I would love to see him go out and make another big move, but I think this team, and I say it over and over again, I think they're ready to compete, and I think it's still good enough to con- to compete in 2023. Joshua Daniels also asked, Pirates are looking for the most bang for their buck for Reynolds. Cubs soon to be contenders, but not yet. Uh, what about Ian Happ? What are the chances of the Braves trading for either of them? <laughs> Look, Cubs made a lot of moves today. Um, Drew Smiley, a uh, player the Braves, Braves fans are very familiar with, um, they also signed Tucker Barnhart, uh, made a couple of moves. So I don't know what the Cubs are doing, but I got to imagine they're going to at least hang on to Ian Happ. They didn't trade him at last deadline. They didn't trade Contreras either. Um, so I, I really am not sure what the Cubs are doing over there, but I think they're going to at least try to win in a, in a division that's winnable. So I don't think Happ's available. We talked a lot about Reynolds. I think the, the Pirates would have to be blown out of the water to move him and i don't know that the braves have that type of prospect package steve buchanan says reds cut loose the moose could be a decent bench option to back up riley and olsen and even ozzy at second base 
Um, yeah, again, wouldn't mind having him for the veteran, you know, experience, and he can back up those options. Good left-handed bat with some some power, although it's been down in recent years. Um, wouldn't hate it as a depth move, depending on the price. Again, it's not somebody that in my mind is worth going over the luxury tax for, but um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't hate it as a bench option. Uh, cooking with, with salt says, is Jose Iglesias still a free agent? And yes, he is. Uh, high contact rate, great defensively. Why wouldn't the Braves be all over this guy at his age and lower side OPS? He shouldn't fit into that crazy shortstop market. And we touched on Jose Iglesias a little bit this offseason. The only reason I've really talked about um, Elvis Andrews more is because Mark Bowman mentioned him. And when Mark Bowman says something, uh, it's usually wise to take a notice, but I think Jose Iglesias is just as good, if not a better fit than Elvis Andrews, El and Andrews because, you know, Iglesias is 32. Uh, he's a little bit younger. He is great defensively. Um, he does, you know, have a good contact rate, doesn't strike out a lot. Also doesn't hit the ball very hard. Um, but, you know, he, he's solid defensively. He's really slick with the glove. I love watching him play defense he's you know doesn't rate as the best defender um but he is pretty pretty slick with the glove but his his hard hit numbers are just hard to look at um but it, i mean it wouldn't be a terrible option as a veteran to come in on the stop gap you know if you get him on a on a, a small deal i certainly would not um would not hate the move for jose iglesias i think it's just as good as an option if they were going to go for a stop gap route you know just as good as elvis andrews um, Caleb Hudgens says Grissom, Anderson, Elder, and J.R. Ritchie for Brian Reynolds. Does it get it done? And would you do it? I think then you could sign Andrews and roll roll with it for now. Again, kind of like one of the trade ideas earlier. I can't I can't put Von Grissom in a trade unless I know the future of my shortstop and Elvis Andrews on a one year deal or even a two year deal. To me, that's that's not an answer um, at the shortstop position. So I can't put Grissom in that deal. I think if you're, and if the Morosi tweet from Thursday is to be believed, the Pirates are looking for pitchers. I think if you throw AJ Smith, Shaver, JR Ritchie or Owen Murphy at him, along with Jared Schuster and, and maybe, you know, Dylan Dodd or Darius Vines, you throw a, a heavy pitcher package at them. Maybe that gets it done. Maybe you throw in one of their international signings, um, Douglas Glott or somebody like that, you throw them into the deal. I think that could be enough to get a deal for Brian Reynolds. That's really gutting the farm system even more at that point. So I think the Braves could put a package together to get Brian Reynolds. I don't think, and I've been saying this all along, I don't think it's better than any other package that, that anybody else could come in and just quickly beat. And you're even more so gutting a farm system that's already very thin. Coach Gordon Bombay, what pitcher and what batter will be the most affected by rule changes this year? I think the obvious answer for hitters is Matt Olson, but I think Ozzy would will benefit from this as well, uh, especially, you know, obviously hitting from the right side. But I think Matt Olson as a batter, I think pitchers that'll be affected negatively. I really worry about Kyle Wright and him having some regression in 2023 somebody with over a 50% ground ball rate. Um, even Max Freed, he gets a lot of weak contact and weak, you know, hits that 
even we saw last year keep finding their ways through for for easy hits. Um, but I think those two, more so Kyle Wright, could be affected negatively from the shift. And then Matt Olson, I think, will be, benefit from it on the offensive side. That guy says, as it stands now, do you think the 2023 Braves, one, take a step forward, two, take a step back from the 2022 Braves? So this is a tricky question because the 2022 Braves won 101 games. It's really hard to win 100-plus games. So I could see the Braves taking a step back in that regard in terms of not winning over 100 games again because that's just really difficult to do. But I could easily see them taking a step forward as far as how far they get in the postseason. I mean, I could see this team winning a World Series if Max Freed and Spencer Strider are healthy, if Charlie Morton is is back to form, if Ronald Acuna is at playing at an MVP level again. Yeah, this team could win a World Series. It would not surprise me, and I could see them taking a step forward. So I would say they take a step back in the regular season and they take a step forward in the postseason. All right, that is all the Twitter questions that I have. I'm going to take one more break, and then I'm going to come back and try to get to some of the questions in the chat section as well. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you think you live nearby, you can make it home, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Or the holiday seasons are coming up. Please, please be smart and responsible. Uh, it's safe to plan ahead. Make sure that you get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. All right, thank you again for being with me. And this will be the last podcast until after Christmas, probably till next Wednesday. So I hope you all have a, a great Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas to you as well. Christopher in the chat section. Um, Brian's travel adventure says been a while since I tuned in. Are we going to feel left field? If we have who I think it's going to be a platoon. I think it's going to be Luplo and Rosario. I think Sam Hilliard could work his way in there as well. I think they'll just play the hot hand and hope that one of those guys goes off and really has a good season. Um, Rod Stone says, is Otani a possibility next year? I would say no. I don't see the Braves paying what it's going to take to get Otani, who's probably going to get $40 million a year. Uh, I don't see the Braves playing in that area. Um, how do we – this is from Matt Jacobs. How do we feel about Braves starting pitching versus Mets pitcher by pitcher? So good question here. Obviously – Depending on health, look, you can't you can't can't argue the fact the Mets have two future Hall of Famers, one who just won a Cy Young and Max and um and Justin Verlander, and then Max Scherzer as well, a future Hall of Famer. If they are healthy and they pit, they're pitching like they're capable, it's hard to go against that one two. Now Max Fried and Spencer Strider are good enough to go toe to toe with both of those pitchers. I do believe that when they are on their game but i think you got to give the edge to the mets there 
after that's when it gets a little interesting. We don't know what, what Kodai Senga is going to really look like coming over from Japan. I just talked about the fact that Kyle Wright could potentially see a little bit of regression with the shift going away, but I still think he'll be a solid three, number three starter, number four at worst. And then a lot depends on Charlie Morton and how does he bounce back from last year. Uh, the metrics and everything still look really good on Charlie Morton, but just really struggled with the home run ball. If he can get that down, then I think he'll be okay and be more like the Charlie Morton we're used to seeing. And then, you know, he's going up against Jose Quintana. I could give you know him the edge in that. Carlos Carrasco as well, finishing out the Mets rotation. So to me, the bottom half of the Braves rotation, is, I would take over the bottom half of the Mets rotation, especially if either Ian Anderson or Mike Soroka come back to form. But I'd still would give the edge at the top with Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. I'd give the edge to the Mets there. Um, AJ Evans says, is Dansby and to an extent Freddie ain't worth going over the luxury tax? Who is? Uh, it's a good question. It's a fair question with what we've seen the last two off seasons. Now, to be fair, the Braves had an offer on the table for Dansby Swanson that would have taken them over the luxury tax. So, I mean, they were willing to go over it for Dansby Swanson, just not to the extent that other teams were willing to go over the luxury tax. If they had paid, if they had paid $25 million a year, they're talking about going into the second, second tier luxury tax. They're blowing past the first one and going into the second tax, which, which comes with obviously a higher tax. So, there are players that they're willing to do it for. Dansby was one of them, uh, but I don't know of anybody else out there right now that they would be willing to go into the tax for. Logan Atchison says, do we think the Braves would be willing to go into the luxury tax for uh, for Trevor Bauer? I do not. Kind of spoke about that earlier. I don't believe so. Um, Shadow Ninja, I'm, I'm going to ignore your rumors of Max Freed being traded. That's not happening, and that would make absolutely no sense to me. AJ Evans also asked, are they banking on Ozuna having a bounce back year at DH? I don't know what they're expecting from Marcelo Ozuna. I do know in the article that Jeff Schultz posted on The Athletic, he asked Alex Anthopoulos, you know, is Marcelo, do you expect, what do you expect from Marcelo in 2023? He said, I expect him to be on the roster come spring training. And then Schultz followed up and said, what about after spring training? And Alex Anthopoulos said, ask me after spring training. So, I'm sure they would love for Marcelo Zuna to give them something, but I got just got a feeling if he comes into spring training and he looks like dead weight, then they're just going to cut him. I think if there was any type of trade that could have been made for him, they would have already done it. Um, let's see a couple more questions here. I'm ignoring all the Max Freed trade ones because I apologize. It's just it's not not happening. Um. GMC says, maybe bring back Charlie Culberson. He can play shortstop and pitch. Love Charlie Culberson. Would love to have him back, but I just don't see it right now. But maybe. I mean, that again, I don't think he'd be very expensive. He's a great clubhouse guy as well, uh, so certainly wouldn't wouldn't hate the move, depending on, obviously, what, what the contract would look like. He may be somebody you could even get on a minor league deal. Um. I think Howard's being a little, uh, I don't know the word to say here, but he says Acuna, he grounds a shortstop all the time. Yeah, he does so at 98 miles per hour. So I don't think the shift is going to to affect him 
on the left side. It's not going to affect right-handed hitters as much as left-handed hitters. Um, sorry, I'm looking in your in your chat. If you put a question mark at the end of your chat, it'd be a whole lot likely for me to to read the, your question here. It just makes it a little bit easier. Slapshot 17. Who's going to win both of the East divisions? That's a great question. Um, I think the Mets are the slight favorite now. I had the Braves as the the favorite all along until the Mets signed Correa. Uh, I would give them the edge in the NL East, but I think Mets, Braves, and Phillies could all make the postseason again. I mean, with the expanded postseason now, the the focus on winning the division is not that great. Part of me almost wishes that the Braves last year wouldn't have put so much focus on winning the division because it just seems like they ran out of steam once they did and once they swept the Mets in that series. But I still think the NL East could have three more teams get in. And far as the AL East, I think that's a fascinating race, but I'd have to go with the Yankees after they got uh, Rondon. I just think they're they're pretty well set up, but that's going to be a, a fascinating race as well. You never count out the Rays. And, man, I hope the Orioles. I would love to see the Orioles get back in there, but I don't think they're quite ready yet. Um, Hollywood says if Grissom shows promise, do you think AA will extend him like he did with Strider and Harris, or do you think he'll wait? That's another really, really good question. I'm still waiting on the Sean Murphy extension. I can't believe it hasn't happened yet, but my thoughts was with Von Grissom right now. And just based on what I've heard in that Jeff Schultz article talking to Alex Anthopoulos is Von Grissom is going to come into spring training. He has to prove it. He has to prove to the Braves that he can be, the shortstop for now and the future. If he does that and you see strides defensively, because again, I don't I don't necessarily worry about the bat with Vaughn Grissom. I think he's a smart enough hitter. The bat to ball skills are really good. I think the power is going to come along that he'll eventually be a 20 home run hitter. He, he's got to show strides defensively. And he comes into spring training and does that and he wins that job. And we get to we get to June, July, you know, he's hitting 270, 280, playing at least average level defense and you see the room for growth there, I would not be shocked if Alex Anthopoulos goes ahead and tries to lock him up like he did, you know, Michael Harris and Spencer Strider. It would not be shocking, but Von Grissom got a long way to go. He has to, he has to prove it. He first has to earn the job and then he's got to prove that he can handle it defensively. Austin Reed, do we see three 100 win teams in the Eastern division? It's possible now because of the way that the schedule is set up. The NL East teams, you know, division teams aren't playing each other quite as much. So the Braves are going to have a chance to beat up on some of the teams from the Central and, and other, you know, weaker divisions out there. So it's possible. I mean, we saw two 100 win teams in the NL East last year. I think the Phillies are as good, if not better, going into this season, although, you know, they'll be without Bryce Harper for half the year. So it's possible because of the new schedule format that we could see three 100 win teams. I doubt that we do. Um, I, I, we may see one. I think we see maybe either the Braves or Mets get to hundred wins, but um, I think more likely we, I think we definitely see three 90 win teams in the NL East. Um, I'm going to, I want to talk about this one just real quick. Steven uh, Wolbrock says, it is going to be Shoemaker at shortstop. He is on the roster. I'm. If you listen to me for a while, I'm not big on Braden Shoemaker. Wasn't great last year. Got injured. I would love to see him come out next season and really prove things and prove that he can be 
uh, part of the mix there, but there's just there's no talk. You have not heard anybody mention his name, and there's an opening at shortstop, a position that he plays and plays very well defensively, and we've heard no mention of his name. So I don't think he's in the plans at all right now. All right, and one more question. Wilmer says, good evening. Do you think the Braves could trade Max Reed? Absolutely not. Uh, I do not think so. Uh, and then final question, Kwame says, do you think we gave up on Drew Waters too soon? He's a better left field option than Luplo, in my opinion. That's a that's a good that's a good question. Um, look, Drew Waters really wasn't getting anywhere with the Braves. I know he's done he did okay with the Royals and got a shot there. I don't know why they traded Justin Henry Malloy for one year of Joe Jimenez. I think Justin Henry Malloy might be a better option than what they have right now. But yeah, that's that's a great, you know, in hindsight to look at. But I do think the Braves had a really good draft last year. And a lot of that was because of the trade they made involving Drew Waters. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thank you so much for all the questions. Make hope you all have a, a Merry Christmas. Again, we'll be back later next week. Now go give your make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast, where MLB expert Paul Francis Solon brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team from around the league. Again, hope you all have a Merry Christmas. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 